All right, let's go to Proverbs chapter 23. Would you please turn there first, if you don't mind? Uh, Chapter 22. Chapter 22 of Proverbs. I'm so glad to see you this evening. We're going to take a few weeks on a Wednesday night and study a little bit about the topics of the book of Proverbs. I think you'll find it to be very helpful. Um, Years ago, I went to the Bill Rice Ranch. I was 13 years old, and an old man named Paul Levine was there, and he challenged all of us. He said, look, there's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. You ought to consider reading one of those chapters every day. And you would read the book of Proverbs one time a month, 12 times a year, and you'd be 12 times wiser if you would do that. How many of you have ever heard the name Paul Levine? All right, man, he was, a, he was a great guy. He had a big special message he'd preach on Friday morning called the Blackjack Sermon. And, uh, but I remember him telling me that when I was 13. And for many years, that is one thing I did. I read every chapter one chapter a day, and I'd read the Bible different times, but I would always try to read one chapter of Proverbs. And uh, I don't always do it now exactly as religiously as I did at one time, but, um, but I, I really found it to be a great, great blessing. Often I do that with my children on the way to school or uh, we're driving someplace. We'll just, I'll just, uh, let's just read the, book of Pro- read the chapter of Proverbs of the day and talk about its concepts and things. But there's many wonderful topics in the book of Proverbs. Of course, wisdom is one of them. The foolish man. Friends is one of the topics. Money is all through uh, the book of Proverbs. Children is what we're going to talk about tonight a little bit, is one of the main themes. Uh, Relationships, marriage is in the book of Proverbs. Just a lot of different things that would give us wisdom. And it's a unique book because it uh, it just kind of gives pithy sayings. Uh, Some of them have some themes. Friendship is one of the themes of the book of Proverbs. They just basically are practical things. Business is one of the themes of the book of Proverbs. Lots of of just uh, things that are not necessarily all themed. They're just kind of point after uh, womanhood, manhood. Uh, these are some things that you'll see in the book of Proverbs. Well, I want to talk to you just a little bit tonight about children. I, I don't know that we'll spend uh, numbers of weeks on it, but I want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, through the book of Proverbs, you'll see children are mentioned a few times. A child is mentioned a few times, but a son is mentioned many times. Thy son, my son, many times in the book of Proverbs. But I just want to give you a few thoughts that, um, that uh, I see here that I just want to share with you some of this. I want to keep your Bible open, and we'll just kind of look at some verses and make some application. But as a child, every child uh, definitely needs three major components from their parents and from their authorities. Number one, they need affection. They need to know that they're loved. That's really important. And probably maybe as much as 70% of a Sunday school teacher that's teaching a class or a mom or dad, one of these you're trying to convince every child is you genuinely love them and you care about them. That's the platform that you'll need to do the other two things they desperately need. Not only do they need affection, but they need direction. And then they need correction. They need to be directed. They need to be told, this is what I think you ought to do, or consider this and help them direct their life. But you'll need to also have the courage to correct them. And if we don't have affection as a platform, children usually do not take 
direction or correction very well from someone they're not sure that they love them and care about them. And uh, I know that love can be given in so many different ways, but, um, but, the, but uh, the Lord gives us a lot of wisdom in this about children, and I just want to share a few of them. There's no way it's too exhaustive for me to share it all, and I don't even know it all yet. But I want to keep on studying, and tonight we'll talk about a few things. But a child does need to be corrected. He needs to be directed. He needs to know of, his, of your care for them. With a couple of things that I think a children need, I, I see in the book of Proverbs, and somewhat a little bit topical, but we'll see some verses. I want you to look, first of all, one of the best things a mom and dad, now I know some of you, you don't have children in your home any longer, or maybe you've never had children for very long, or maybe this is something that you say, Pastor, why do we have to talk about this? But I talked to a man today who, drive, who drove a bus Sunday. 30 young people were on that bus. 30, 30 people rode the bus to church. And that person who drives that bus needs to understand these things about children, I think, will be helpful to them. Here's just a few things that might be helpful to you. Number one, from a parent standpoint, one of the best things you can do for your children is cultivate your marriage. Have a good relationship with their dad, with their mom. And uh, that is one of the things that oftentimes is the devil's number one tool to get mom and dad divided or separated or uh, are fighting, arguing, and cultivating a right relationship with their mom and dad. I think it can be one of the greatest things. It's, it's the stability of a marriage that gives a child the most security. I love my mom and dad, and I don't want to speak discouraging about them, but I want to say something I think you might understand. When I was young, and of course my dad came from a very dysfunctional home. Alcohol was the way that his mother would eventually die, was cirrhosis of the liver. There were tarot cards and crystal balls on the front porch of his house from time to time. His mom and dad struggled to get along and to work things out. So my dad came out of a whole different lifestyle, and being a Christian man was his first rodeo when he met my mom, and then he had six children. And my dad, one of the things I would just share, uh, my dad's with the Lord, and been, he's lived longer with God than he lived with me. He's been with the Lord almost 20, 28 years, uh, this next, in, in February. But my dad, he definitely knew how to love us. He loved us deeply. He was not afraid to correct us, embarrass us. <laughs> uh, he was not afraid to give us his opinion about something, direct us, and I'm so thankful for that. But I remember years ago when I was young, I heard my mom and dad get in an argument, and it wasn't going good. And I remember my dad saying in a moment of anger, he didn't mean it, but he said it. He said, Janelle, if it weren't for these kids, I'd be out of here. I, I'd leave you. And boy, when I was, I was only in second grade, but I remember where I was when I heard that. And I remember being so nervous that I would, I would, and once, my, once again, my dad never left my mom. He was faithful. I talked to my mom this morning. She said, John, your dad was so pure and so devoted to me and to you kids. I'm so thankful you had the dad, and I say that. I'm just telling you a very kind of unfortunate memory I have. But I remember that day trying to get my, my brothers and sisters to behave themselves, to clean the room. I went around and said, guys, we've got to clean the room. We've got to clean the room. We've got to take care of things. You can't be loud. Be quiet. Be good to dad. Be good to mom. Give them some time. And as the oldest in the, in the family, I went around and tried to make everything good in the house. We cleaned the house. I tried to work everything out. 
because I was so insecure about what was going to happen with my mom and dad. Now, they weren't insecure. It was just an uh, uh, angry statement. Uh, but I, after, after maybe a day or two or three went by, I don't know how long, in my little childhood mind, I remember walking down behind my parents, and I was still nervous. But I saw my dad reach his big, thick hand out, and I saw my mother take her little hand and put it inside my dad's hand as they walked. And my dad was pushing a carriage with one of my little siblings, and he was holding my mom's hand. And I, I thought at that time, you know, girls had cooties. But I'm telling you, I had some fuzzy wuzzies going on inside of me. I just almost went, oh, they love each other. It's going to be okay. And then I went and messed up the house and all that stuff. You know. No, I didn't, but, I, you know, I just felt like, oh, it's going to be okay. You know, the security of a child rests heavily upon the stability of a marriage. And it doesn't mean if, you, you know, you have your spats or something goes wrong that something's going to be terrible. But one of the best things you can do is stay deeply in love with their dad and their mom. Let's look at a couple of verses that tell us that. Let's go to chapter 5, would you please? Chapter 5. I told you to turn to 22, but let's go to 5 if we can first. Chapter 5, this is the advice the, the, that is given to, um, to, uh, from Solomon to his son. And he said, verse number 15, Drink waters out of thine own cistern, and running waters out of thine own well. Let thy fountains be dispersed abroad as rivers of water in the street. Let them be thine own, and not strangers with thee. Let thy fountain be blessed, and would you read the rest of verse number 18 with me, everyone? Rejoice with the wife of thy youth, and let her be as loving hind, and pleasant roll. Let her breast satisfy thee at all times, and be thou ravished always with her, what? Love. You know, I think one of the greatest things you can do for your child is cultivate a marriage. Everyone who has children in the home, could I encourage you, consider strongly not to let anything keep you from getting to the marriage retreat. Pray about it. Pray your way through that situation. Pastor, we just can't afford it. Pray. See what God would do getting you there and just let it stabilize and encourage and infuse your marriage. Uh, study. Ask God to help. And then pray your way through problems. Marriage is so important for children in a, in a relationship. Number two, I want you to know not only cultivate your marriage, but... As, as the leaders in the home, by the way, let's look at one more verse real quick. This is just kind of a helpful, I think, thing. Chapter 14, verse 26. Would you go to Proverbs 14, verse 26, would you? Let's all read that together if we can, please. This is a great verse. And verse, uh, chapter 14, verse 26. And let's read it together, everyone. And the fear of the Lord is, and his children have a place he said, when a man's ways fear the Lord, he has strong confidence. Doesn't it almost seem like there's, that's, that's like goes against each other. Fear and confidence in the same sentence. But it's not talking about being afraid of God, like, God, don't hurt me. It's like recognizing that he's with you. And when you hear God's word, you return God's tithe. Those are one of the benefits that you have. You have the fear of the Lord. He, he, you can know his presence with you. He said, the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. You know what you need? Confidence does not come because of who we are, but who's with us. And when you know God's with you, you have a lot more strength to face problems, difficulties, heartaches, challenges. You'll have more wisdom because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of knowledge. Recognizing God in the equation is very, very important. And he said, then... 
Not only that, not only is the fear of the Lord beginning of confidence, but is, is confidence, strong confidence, but your children have a place of refuge. There's security in a mom and dad who fear the Lord. The second thing, real quickly, is obey God yourself. The Bible tells us, and Brother Johnson will be here, but he's written a great book, Brother Dan Johnson, our missionary in Brazil. And moms and dads, I would suggest you get that book. It's in the bookstore. Uh, I think they have it there. But um, it's a secret that he believes that causes a lot of children to struggle. And that is, the Bible says, Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And, of course, dads normally like to tease our kids. I've crossed the line several times teasing my kids, aggravating them. Anybody can confess that you've done that a few times yourself. It's just something about dads that like to tick our kids off and needle them a little bit. Maybe you don't do that, but I've done that. And, uh, but I don't think that's probably the biggest thing that ticks our kids off or frustrates them. I think it's hypocrisy and insincerity that probably does more to frustrate children than anything else. He says, don't provoke your children to wrath, but live, but, but, but bring them up in nurture and admonition of the Lord. And you know, one of the things I think that the kids are very, they're very quick to forgive when we make a mistake, when we're honest and humble and, and uh, remorseful about things. I find our kids are very good about forgiving us. But when we are insincere and hypocritical and stubborn, I think oftentimes it very much hurts our children. But obey God yourself. Here's a couple of thoughts I, I would give you on that. If we can look at chapter 20 and verse number 7. Would you look at chapter 20, verse number 7? Read it with me, if you would, please. And uh, verse number 6, let's look, let's look at that one real quickly. Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. Verse number 7, everyone, the just man walketh in his integrity and his children... Boy, if a mom and dad do what is right, their children are blessed after them. How many of you would say, man, I had a good mom and dad, and I've definitely been blessed because of the road they paved for us? How many would say that is the case? I would say many of us would have to just say, we have many blessings in our life because not ourselves, but because of our parents paid the path. And he said, it's a person who does the right thing. Their children are blessed after them. So children need someone. They need a good example. Uh, Mark Twain said, nothing aggravates me more than a good example. <laughs> but your, your kids need not just, um, you know, do as I say, do, or not, not do as I do, but do as I say. They don't need that. They need someone that will show the way, that will know the way, go the way, show the way for them. And so, number one, I would encourage you to cultivate your marriage. Number two, I would encourage you to obey God yourself. Learn to obey every spiritual impulse that God gives you. If it's to give, it's to forgive someone. If it's to serve, it's if it's to participate. Most of us, we have to overcome all kinds of fleshly hurdles to do those things. But I think it's so important we do obey God. Moms and dads, I remember years ago, my dad, uh, we were going to a, a wild animal park. And uh, I looked up in there and I saw this, my, and, I, and it said, so much per person in your car. And so I remember thinking, you know what? There's a lot of kids in our car here, and it's going to be expensive. So I got a couple of my brothers, and I said, let's go, let's go dunk down the back, put a blanket over us when we go through, the, um, through the, um, the checkout thing. And they won't even know we're back here. And, you know, my dad quickly saw what we were doing. He said, guys, no, that's not honest. 
No, no, no. You guys put your head up here. We'll, we'll do that. I don't have a lot of money, but I'm not going to be dishonest about that. You guys just sit there, and when they ask how many people are here, we're all here, and I'll tell them how many and how old each of you guys are, and we'll do that. You know, I learned a, lo- a big lesson that day about just, you know, let's be honest. Let's do, I saw my dad do the right thing. I knew he was broke. My dad would take us on vacation and have to borrow money to come home. It was just the way he was. He was adventurous, and, and it was a little crazy sometimes. So I knew he didn't have a lot of money, and I thought, you know, well, I'll help my dad. And my dad said, no, 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 you're not helping me when we're not doing honest things. Just be a good testimony. Just do the things right. And that helped me learn to see my dad do what's right. Now when I had to face that problem, I faced a, a similar situation, I saw, well, he did it. I want to do it. So number one, cultivate your marriage. Number two, obey God. Number three, let me give this if I can. We're looking at, at uh, in the book of Proverbs, is respond immediately to wrong attitudes in a child. Remember, the attitudes become actions. And so when we see a wrong attitude, we need the courage to confront them, to talk to them about it. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be a slap or it doesn't have to be initially a, uh, anything strong. Sometimes we, you know, to to a hammer, everything's a nail, and sometimes parents are top-heavy in regards to that. I've done that sometimes. But he said, he said, when you see a wrong attitude, that's where we need to stop. You know, and every, every once in a while you'll see moms and dads raising kids, and when the kids are little, they do something wrong, and we think it's funny. But it's not funny. And you remember, a child doesn't, they don't even, before they can talk, they can learn a couple things. What is right that we obey and that we reverence or respect our authorities. And you know, most children don't remember any discipline given to them before their fourth birthday. But then you know what they learned there? They learned to obey. They learned to do what is right. You know, the Bible majors on righteousness. There's a guy named David Sorensen who wrote a great uh, book on train your children to turn out right. And he, he did a study on the righteousness of God and righteousness in the Bible. And I think sometimes we, 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 we get our children, why did you do that? You know, they don't know why they did that. They did that because they got me in them. That's why they did that. And the why is not the right question. It's what did you do and was it right? If it wasn't right, let's talk about it. Because the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. God's all about doing the things right. Children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. He focuses on righteousness. And so helping your child with their attitudes will help them not do the wrong things with their actions. Let's look at that a couple times if we can, please, and a couple verses that we can do. Let's look at uh, chapter um, 23, verse number 13. The Bible says, Withhold not correction from a child. If thou beatest him with a rod, he shall not die. He said, I want you not to be afraid to discipline your child. Withhold not. Don't be afraid to correct him. Some parents lack the courage to help their children when they're wrong. And remember, you know, the Bible's given to us for four reasons. For doctrine, for reproof, for what? Correction. Then for instruction righteous. And by the way, that's kind of why God put you in your child's home. So that you can help them know what to do, what not to do, how to fix problems when you do the wrong thing, and how to stay out of the ditch so you don't get in more problems. And uh, he says, he says, you withhold that. You're going to have some problems. Look at chapter 19, verse number 18, would you please? Proverbs 19, 18. 
We're just uh, skimming over a few thoughts. I hope it will be a blessing to you. Look at verse number 18. Are you ready? Chasten thy son while there is hope, and let not thy soul spare for his crying. He said, go ahead and deal with your child while there's hope. You know when the hope is? The hope is when they're young. <laughs> deal with them when they're young and help them with that. Another word that the Bible uses is the word be times. We don't use that word too much, but it means early on or early dawn. Um, you help your children. Sometimes parents make a mistake and they think, okay, while the kids are real little, we, we, then mama will work. And I'm not going to be critical of that. I think you have to evaluate to do what you need to do. But I would want every mama to be with their kids, especially in those early years. Those first four years, they'll learn more about life and obedience and who authority is than they'll learn in any other four-year period of their life. They learn how to walk, how to talk, how to communicate, who's the boss, how to respond when you're wrong. They learn so much in those early years, and they need a mom and a dad in those seasons of time. He says, when you, say, you, you chasing them beat times early on when they're young, so they can learn these things in that. So n number one, cultivate your marriage. Number two, obey God personally, be a good example. Number, number three, respond immediately to attitudes. By the way, that, that chapter 13, verse 24, we're there. Let's just look at it real quick. And this is the verse I just quoted to you. 13, verse 24. He that spareth, his he that spareth the rod or discipline or correction on his child hateth his son. And he that loveth him, chasteneth him, be times early on in their life. Let's look at the next thought, if we can, please. Reinforce with training. Um, let's look at verse number six of chapter 22. Proverbs chapter 22, probably the one of the more popular verses in the scriptures about uh, child rearing. Let's look at it and read it together. Verse number six of chapter 22. Are you ready? Train up a child in the way, and when he is, he will not depart from it. And, you know, there's a lot of thoughts on that. I was listening to someone the other day talk about that. But I, I think that every child has a natural bent. Uh, how many have kids that are really good? You've got one, maybe you have multiple kids, but you've got one or two of them. They're pretty good at math. And they're really good at that. How many, how many, how many could say that's good? And, and, and how many have some that are a little bit more uh, better at English and history? Yeah, well, that's, that's very natural. You have a different bent. They have a different, uh, different wave. And I think this passage of Scripture, though I think you can apply it different ways, I think it's you, you develop a child in the way that he should go. What is, what is their direction? What is their bent? What are their strengths? One of the things I like about studying Romans chapter 12 and the, and the gifts is to evaluate, where, what is my, my child good at? What is it God gave them when they got saved that they can, I can help them, expose them to? Years ago, I sent uh, one, our oldest son, now uh, Drew, Derek, on a missions trip to India. And he stayed there for five weeks. You talk about a kid craving an Egg McMuffin. It was on steroids, you know. It was, he said, Dad, if you hadn't, if I hadn't seen, if you hadn't put a five-week period on the end of that thing, I didn't know five weeks was coming to a close. If you could go me only one-way ticket there, he said, I don't think I could have made it past two weeks. But just because I had three more weeks to go, he said, it was really challenging. But, you know, I, I, wanted to, I wanted him, and I've oftentimes sent our kids and encouraged them to go on a missions trip. I want them to see the world in a different way, in the way God sees, see what God is doing in different lands and different places. 
But uh, I think that uh, the thought is, I want to say, okay, is God got a bent in his heart? To I want him to capture that because your eye affects your what? Your heart. I'm mean, to see some things that would help him. And we got to ask our Lord, what, what is that? I remember Lydia going to the Philippines on a mission trip. And we talked the other day at, at Thanksgiving a little bit about that particular trip. So, oh, Pastor, Dad, I met these people, and I remember this situation. And, boy, that was really neat to be able to see that. I hope I get to do it again or maybe take my kids one day and do that with them because I want, them to, I want to see what they're good at. And, and, and we help your child in that way to reinforce. Now, training is not easy. And I've joked around about this, but it's easier for me to rake my front yard than it is to train uh, five and six and seven-year-old kids to rake it with you. You know, you're trying to rake, you're trying to get it done. I want to get things done quickly. But if I'm training little kids, they're like picking up sticks. And, Dad, look, this one is kind of crooked. I said, look, forget the stick. Let's go. Come on, let's keep raking, man. You know, Dad, this rake is heavy. I said, that's, that's, that's so you can rake it. Let's go, keep going. Dad, when are we going to stop? I'm thirsty. Just the interruptions of those things about drive you bananas. But the truth of the matter is, that's why God put me in their life. Train and keep training, keep showing, keep demonstrating, keep working, keep talking about that. Sometimes I feel like we've, I failed in many ways as a parent. But, boy, learning how to greet people. Um, how to, how to greet older people, how to greet younger people, how to, to walk into a place that is not comfortable and, and, and ask God to help you. Because some of your kids, I've got one of my kids that he'll walk around Walmart 45 minutes looking for something rather than ask one person for help. He won't ask. He doesn't want to ask. Now, he's been caught other times saying to his little brother or sister, can you, can you go ask somebody real quickly? I'll wait for you. I'm saying, son, go ask someone. Well, we can't. But Dad, uh, uh, it's just not comfortable with me. Well, Kate, let's, let me go with you. No, Dad, please, you're killing me. No, we got we to keep going that, figure that out. I want to help him with that because I don't want him to get into a situation that now he has a natural bent in other areas, but I, I want to help him with these situations, okay? And which kid that is, the, the person you're thinking of, it's not him, it's another one, okay? So just in case you were going there. All right, look at the next one, if we can, please. Reinforce by training. Next, encourage them with praise. You know, I think this may be one of our failures as parents, but especially as mamas. Mamas, you can never underestimate. These are some special things when you can praise your child. And I think it's very important. Uh, the Bible gives us several verses. Let's look at them quickly if we can, and then we'll, we'll, we'll conclude our study momentarily. But let's look, if we can, please, at chapter 27 of Proverbs. Chapter 27. And um, let's look at... Um, Oh, goodness, let's see. Oh, yep, 27. And let's look at verse number 21. Verse 21 of chapter 27. Let's read it together, can we please? As a finding pot for silver and a furnace for gold, so is a man. Sometimes you get what you praise for. But especially with children, they need to know how you feel about them. And remember this, Brother John Francis taught me this, when you elevate communication, you reduce what? Imaginations. You know, in, in, in a marriage, it's so important that you communicate how you feel about your spouse, things you love about them, things you admire about them. Don't have them have to wonder how you feel about them. 
Thank you for helping with this. I appreciate your attitude about that. I value your work ethic. These are things that, well, Pastor, I, I mean, I, everybody knows I, I appreciate it. They need to hear about it again and praise them. I, I, uh, I, I was watching a man one day, he lost his wife. And the thing that really hollowed him out after he lost his wife is the, what I found out is she was a great admirer. She would just, she would, she would fill his heart with admiration. And she would tell him. And one of the things he missed so much afterwards was, uh, was the admiration he felt from his wife. And it really hollowed him very much. He'd sit in my office and say, Pastor, I've never been so hollow in my life. But what I've, I guess I didn't realize is my wife, I love coming home because she made me feel so, so successful. I wasn't the best at everything, but she, as far as she, she would verbally explain that to me. You know, kids need to hear that. Children need to hear that. They need to hear your praise. There's a couple of other verses that we can look at that I think the Bible tells us that. And I thank you very much for taking the patience. Look these with us. Chapter 3, verse number 20, uh, 27. Chapter 3, verse 27. Let's look at it real quickly. Chapter 3 of Proverbs, verse number 27. Let's all read it together. Can we please, everyone? Withhold not good to him who is due when it's in the power of thine hand to do it. And of course, that mostly is if you owe someone, pay them. If you owe them some, if you owe someone, pay them. Look at the next verse. It clarifies that. Verse number 28. Say not to thy neighbor if you owe him something. Go and come again tomorrow. I'll give it to you when thou hast it by thee. He said, if you have, if you have a, a bill to pay to someone, don't hold it. I might need that later on. You come back later. No, you, you're supposed to respond to that. Withhold not good to him and his due. If you owe someone, take care of it. Boy, I think that's something that hurts Christian um, testimony so many times when people owe money and they just ghost the people they owe it or they don't follow through. Boy, it's a painful thing. Cause a lot of problems. But especially when it comes to honor or praise, give someone the praise and admiration that they need. Look, another verse, if you would please, chapter 18, verse number 21. 18, verse 21, this is one of the more powerful verses I find on our words. Let's look at it if we can, please. And verse number 21 of chapter 18, ready? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Boy, just remember that sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt you is not a Bible verse. Okay, as a matter of fact, the guy who said that was drinking his bath water. He doesn't know what he's talking about. It's not true. What you say does have great impact upon your young people and upon a child. And now this is not just in our homes, okay? Sunday school teachers, bus workers, uh, when you see children around here and you see them, you, you see negative things about them. Listen, uh, they, they, need to, they need to hear how you feel about them. And words are very powerful with our children. Last thing I'll give you real quickly, and that's the, this is it. And uh, consistently, there's two things. Consistently support the authorities in their life. Years ago, it was obvious if you got in trouble at school, what would happen with you when you got home? It was trouble twice, right? There were not too many questions asked about that. And I have lived long enough to see moms and dads who defend their kids against the authorities in their life over and over again to live to see that those same kids turn on them. And, and they do the same things against them, and it causes all kinds of problems in their, in their future. And I want to encourage you to support the authorities in your life. The last thing I would encourage you is keep on teaching. 
And uh, let's look at one verse real quickly. Let's go to one chapter, Proverbs chapter 4. And maybe just give you a quick little homework assignment. You can break it down yourself. Keep on teaching. The Bible tells us in, in Deuteronomy 6 verse 7 to teach your children when they wake up, when they lie down, when you walk by the way. Basically, teach every child all the time you have a chance to talk to them. Teach them all the time. And don't quit teaching Look at chapter 4 of Proverbs, if you would, please. Hear, ye children, the instruction of your father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsaking out my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also, and said unto me, that thine heart retain thy, my words, and keep my commandments, and live. Now, he says, here's what I taught them. There's three, this, the rest of this chapter is broken up in three categories. Number one, he taught him, number one, the necessity of wisdom. Say, Pastor, what do we need to teach our children? The necessity of doing things God's way. You say, Pastor, what's wisdom? Wisdom is pinpointing and practicing God's way of doing things. It's not the way you and I want to do things sometimes. There's a way that seemeth right unto us, but the end thereof are the ways of death. But Solomon says, listen, you've got to teach your children the value and the necessity of wisdom. The second part of the chapter says you must teach the children the byproducts and the negatives of bad associations, bad friends. You can see that, if you would please, in chapter 4, beginning in verse number 14, enter not to the path of the what? Wicked. Go not the way of men. So he says, number one, teach them the value of wisdom. And he'll give you verses on that. Then says, teach them the, the, the danger of bad friendships. Remember that? Amnon had a friend. And he that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion fool shall be. Boy, it's just all over the Bible. The third thing he said is to teach them the value of a pure life, of purity. We live in a very vile, wicked world. And children need to be reminded over again. I need to remind my kids, I, as I study this, I thought, you know, I've got to, I want to make sure I text my, my boys, I text my girls, I remind them again that purity is powerful. Immorality is stupid on, an, on steroids. It just is, it's a, it's, a, it's a thrill for a moment and it's pain for a, for, for a lifetime. And you want to make sure you're pure and that's where he picks up the last part of chapter number four. All right, a few things that can help our kids. And I, I think that, uh, that, that children are very valuable to God. Matter of fact, one of the reasons God gave the nation of Israel David, he said, I've chose David, my servant, from the sheepfolds, from falling around pregnant ewes to taking care of my people, because I knew that he would do it with integrity of heart and skillfulness of hands. It's because he wanted the children that would be born to put their hope in God. Their children to know that. And what somebody has to get the check up on that. Let's pray for one another. God would help us. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes.